Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Morning, everybody. Out there with kickers. That's and right. Playing quarterback. That's right. Gardner Even though Tom Pugh was pretty good at the QB spot. Including Gotham Chopra and J.J. Reddick as guests this hour on the Goodyear Hotline. Monday Night Football as Week 10 is in the books. Key OBJ targeted three times. Finished with two catches for 18 yards. What did you see from Odell? I'm surprised you didn't say OBJ targeted just Three times, you know. <laughs> he just got there. One he practice. Just got What's wrong there, with OBJ man? and the Rams? He had one practice. His fault they lost, see? He, he just got there. I mean, he so did. You, how do you evaluate his debut as, as such as it was? I think they went into it with a game plan to try to help, I mean, get him the football in certain situations. And that game plan went out the window when they got so far behind. So they couldn't run a certain uh, formations and personnel groupings that he would be involved in. And you could see that as they started to try and push the ball down the field, he wasn't really involved in those personnel groups. You, you blink, you're down 14, and the other team's running the ball and, and dominating the clock. What do you do? Yeah, they, they, you know, they had him on there, but I don't think that they thought, just like the rest of the uh, country who was watching, thought that the 49ers would be up 14-0 and then putting it on them at the same time. We all was like – Oh, yeah, they should be able to win this game. And and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, whoa, whoa. It's an NFL team in your division who always beats you. You know what it brought up for me? It was when I watched OBJ play with Cleveland, I'm like, come on, Baker, you have to see it. You have to make it work. Like, there are a lot of questions looming around Baker. And then, obviously, this move going to the Rams, you're like, all right, understanding how the Rams are playing. And last night was the first time since I've been watching the Rams this year with Matthew Stafford leading the charge, where I started to think, have we really been seeing the real Matthew Stafford? Or are we just starting to see the real one now? Because a lot of people have been saying, well, you know, is this the guy that played we saw in Detroit? Because the last two games, even though he has a lot of weapons around him, he hasn't been quite himself. He's been off. I mean, I saw a lot of balls sailing over the top, throwing behind receivers. So I, I, that wasn't the conversation for me leaving last night. Not about OBJ's debut. It was more about... What's going on with Matthew Stafford? That's a good point, guys, because Stafford, to me, like every quarterback has stumbled a little. It's a long season, right? So we're talking about the MVP race. It looked like Lamar and then Kyler and then maybe Brady. And then Brady didn't have a couple of good games. Now he falls back. Who is it? Stafford was left. Now Stafford had a couple bad games. So he it's is Aaron going, Rodgers right now. It's Aaron yes, Rodgers it right now. Well, although, and he's Kyler missed the game. Kyler Rodgers has there. missed the game. Kyler Murray's missed two games. He's still yep. there. Yeah, he can't yeah. be there. You miss two games. <clears throat> it's, it's well, right. And he might not play again this week. So yeah, that'll that's, be that's tough. Yeah. Press. Yeah. And now, by the way, Derrick Henry, who was the non-quarterback, he's yeah. out for the season. It's crazy. But by the way, seventeen-game season NFL. This is we should get used to this, right? Like it is a long season now. We are. We just finished week ten. And we got seven games to go. It's like we're only a little past the halfway point. You hear what uh what Odell had to say after the game? I was excited. I was, you know, felt like I was ready for the moment. Uh, I feel like I've been through so much and, and God has put me in this position for that exact moment. And it just wasn't our night. Like, there's really no way around it. It just wasn't our night. Um, all three phases of the game, you know, they ran the ball well. Uh, they stopped us while we were on offense, and they just, they just beat us. I said seven. By the way, I said seven weeks left. There's eight weeks left. 
in the NFL season. It is just when you start to approach 20 games in a season. So uh, so funny, they went right to OBJ. I'm like, OBJ just got there, man. Why y'all talking to him? Exactly. Well, <laughs> they looking for some lightning rod. No, oh, just a, the worst, you man. You got to give the people what they want. God. People want Odell. It, it, whatever worst. it is about him, people are interested in No, I get it, but it's the worst. You running to him to talk to him about why they lost. Well, they gave me the ball. That's what they was expecting. You think that just I couldn't gross. turn this Shut right up. now into a thing where, hey, did Ode- is Odell a distraction? Just gross. You can't turn it in, not on this show, because I ain't going to let you. Is Odell a distraction, Key? The thing that makes interesting about what happened in last night's game is that the 49ers didn't <laughs> play the way that they needed to. Fire extinguisher. Does Odell so, immediately regret not signing with the Packers? Well, look, they, the Rams lose. That is interesting. Are that they out. out of the real no, rankings? Know. That's Key, the question. I want to know the answer. Does no! Odell, does Odell already? I mean, the Packers won this weekend. The Rams lost. The Packers yeah, look so like a what? Super Bowl team against Small the Cardinals. Small sample size. Oh, God. Small Stop. sample size, Evan. Stop. They shut out it, the Seahawks. That defense is legit. The Rams can't stop a nosebleed. It's the a Packers long defense, Do I regret being in the cold versus the warm weather in California? Yes. Yeah, that's that's the truth. Evan, after the game, Odell could just go to his mansion in L.A. or wherever he lives in L.A. and enjoy his life. I um, all right, I, I'm guessing, but we well, listen. The, here's the question: Since the Rams lost, are they out of Key's real rankings? The top spot was the Cardinals. They lost. Got to find out who's number one. Key's real rankings are brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at eight seven seven Ask Dell. I'm the smartest guy in the box, so I like that too. Keys Real Rankings, number seven. Let me get the New England Patriot fans on my side. I'm taking the New England Patriots in this situation. I like the way Mac Jones has delivered the football so far this year as a young version of early stages of terrific Tom Brady. Didn't say he was going to win seven Super Bowls. I'm just saying the way Tom Brady started off his career, defense dominating, Dink and dunk, smoke and mirrors, and win football games, sitting at number seven in my real rankings. Number six. The Baltimore Ravens. We hadn't seen them in over a week, but that's okay. Last time we saw them, they didn't play so great, but I still see them as one of the top teams in the AFC Conference. Number five. The Buffalo Bills. Get the Buffalo Bills on my side as well. One of the main teams that my guy to my left always rooting for when They're winning, but not saying anything when they lose. But I think the Bills, what they did to the New York Jets, unleashing some of the things on them with Josh Allen, along with Stephon Diggs, running the ball well, defense playing solid and sound, they sit at number five. Number four. Number four, the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titan fans, I hear you're looking for me because I don't really believe that eight and two. But guess what I did? I threw you a little nugget. I put you at number four in my real rankings, even though Derrick Henry is not part of the equation Right now for you, if you could keep things together, you may be able to win the division and come out of the AFC with Tannehill, with a healthy Julio Jones when he comes back off a hamstring injury that he had when you acquired him. But you also have A.J. Brown. The defense is certainly playing a whole hell of a lot better. Number three. How does this happen? How does this happen at number three? The Kansas City Chiefs are my top team in the AFC. The Kansas City Chiefs, might I say again, looking at them play last week against the Raiders, dominating fashion all over the field, just 
Ooh, Patrick Mahomes, five touchdowns. Tyreek Hill running routes. Kelsey doing what he does. And the defense playing lights out. Honey Badger starting to play like Honey Badger. They sit at number three. Very dangerous down the way. Number two. Number two, the Green Bay Packers. The team that people probably want to start saying OBJ regrets not going to based on what happened last night and based on what happened on Sunday with the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, the defense. But they did just lose Aaron Jones for a couple games, although they have Dylan in the backfield that can do some things, but not quite like Aaron Jones. They should be okay in the NFC winning that division and getting the number two seed as far as I'm concerned. Number one. Number one. How about them Cowboys? Woo, the Dallas Cowboys got just manhandled against the Denver Broncos. But then they came out against the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons had started to roll and play well. Matty Ice was freezing up again. Then they ran into the Cowboys and he started throwing back out. So the Cowboys are sitting at one. Here's an interesting nugget for you, though. I bet you didn't think or know that the top four teams in the NFC Conference, Max and Jay Will, have all lost games where they've gotten destroyed, whether it's the New Orleans Saints against the Green Bay Packers, whether it's the Arizona Cardinals against the Carolina Panthers, mm. whether it's the Los Angeles Rams against whoever you want to pick. They lost to Tennessee. <laughs> they lost to the 49ers. They lost to the uh, – Arizona Cardinals, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, here's the Isn't thing about, that wild how that goes? It, it is, but here's the thing about the Packers, and this is where I would push back, but we're going to get into the Cowboys. The Packers have the two losses, right? Yeah. First one was week one. I'm throwing that out, Key. Six padded practices for Aaron Rodgers. Week one, it's a long, so you forget that, right? Still got beat pretty bad. Dig it. Then, then they didn't have Rodgers because of COVID, so they lose with Jordan Love. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Basically. So two sit, pretty big caveats there. It, right. In other words, like when the Packers have had Rodgers other than week one, they're just beating everybody, including the Arizona Cardinals on a short week without their top three targets for Aaron Rodgers at a time when Arizona was undefeated. I think, I mean, but you have the Cowboys. Backwards. Look, part, a lot of this is the impression a team gives you. The Cowboys just look so loaded. Um, like the Chiefs, like you, and you, you got to take recent past into account. I get it, Key. So you have them, the Cowboys, as your top seed uh, a week after losing to Denver. What did Mike McCarthy do to motivate, to motivate his team between that bad loss and that tremendous win? Monkey butt. I highly recommend it if anybody's never used it. It's, uh, it's you know, I won't, I won't get into my personal hygiene here, but it's, you know, raw red ass week was the, was the, was the topic. So uh, we're just, you know, making an emphasis based off of correcting what went on last week. And I thought our players did a great job with it. So look good on a PowerPoint. If, you, if you've ever seen a can of monkey butt, you, you get it. It's a, it's a expressive in the cure that it's, uh, I don't have the right words here. So now he gave him a little bit of red ass. He was being an aggressive coach in practice, teaching them what they needed to know. And that's what they did. They they coached him up and things, you know, walking around kind of mad, whatnot. And they responded. They responded well, though. And that's why the Dallas Cowboys are sitting atop of my real rankings, as you see I emphasize my. So why, why would you have them over the Packers real quick? Because I think that they're a more complete team all the way around. <laughs> I think their running game is extremely better. I think as a group of wide receivers, they're a little bit better. Um, they actually have two guys that can be true number ones. 
in uh, C.D. Lamb as well as Amari Cooper. And I think def- defensively, they've, they're starting to come on and play better. They got a secondary that is much better than it was improved a year ago. And I just – I like the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I got to say the thing about the Falcons – you Doesn't mean I don't like Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't really pick a better team to get healthy against in the public perception because the Falcons' record is decent, and they've been winning recently. But go back and look at the games, and I have the schedule in front of me. They beat the Dolphins by two points. It was a road win, so okay. Then they lose to the Panthers, and they lost to the Panthers at home by six. Uh, they beat the Saints by two post-Jameis Winston injury. Okay, so they're on the road in the division still, but it's Trevor Simeon by two points. So the Falcons started giving the impression that they were, I think, a little better than they really were. They're an NFL team. They they can win some close games against some lesser teams with some, you know, without their quarterback, and they lose some not such lopsided games against some better teams. But that's the right. It's like a it's a brand name team in the sense that people think they're winning and they're kind of good. But, Key, they're not on the level of the Cowboys. Like, the Cowboys, a healthy no, Cowboys team they, should smash but, the Falcons but it's not, or beat them at least. But they're a good enough team not to get destroyed the way the Cowboys right. destroyed them. They destroyed them. And yeah. coming off that loss that they had to the Broncos, how the Cowboys looked in the next game, if it were close, would make you have questions about the Cowboys. You know, but the Broncos do have, at least they have an identity where if that's going strong, they might do that to you. What are the Falcons going to do? You know what I mean? The Broncos at least could do some Vic Fangio defense, highly motivated against the Cowboys. He should have gave that blueprint to the Falcons. Yeah, well. That he said he had. Yeah, blueprint. And he should have tried to use it on the team. They just, who did they just lose to? The Broncos, Broncos just um, the Eagles. He should have gave that yeah. blueprint to the Eagles. Jalen Hurts I mean, a he real good game He should have used him. that blueprint on the Eagles. Yeah. Right, Evan? Yeah. A lot Whatever. of good, you know, fast secondary is the blueprint, I guess. So the number three and number one team in the real rankings face each other this week, Key. Kansas Cowboys, City Chiefs. Chiefs. The Chefs. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? What a great game. I feel like, I feel like this is going to be a good game, but I also feel like Kansas City should win at home. And I, I, I feel like Kansas City has gotten back to what they do best. They're still not running the ball nearly enough in, for my – you know, for my liking, but there's only they only got one guy in, in in Diggs, and Patrick Mahomes is going to get him because he likes to sit and bite on stuff, and he can't run with Tyreek Hill. And once he settles his feet once or twice, and that pump faking and all the different stuff that Patrick Mahomes likes to do will eventually catch up to Stephon Diggs. Mm, that's an Not interesting – Not Stephon to, to – um, Trayvon. Trayvon. That, too, that, many Trayvons Stephon, Stephon, too many Trayvon. Too many Diggs. Diggs, Diggs brothers. Um, yeah, that's an that's interesting analysis. The Cowboys this year have been an actually good team. They're like five actually good teams right at any given moment in the NFL. They've been a good team. Other than the Broncos, they've been good. The Chiefs have not been. Like even la- – the, the Chiefs have been winning because Mahomes, they got talent. But I didn't. I was not impressed by their win – Against the Raiders, believe it or not, if the Chiefs can beat, if they can beat the Cowboys, let me say this, Max. Yeah, sometimes like as a shooter in basketball, yeah, all it takes are a couple of shots. Yeah, yeah, to see go in, right? Like you, like I'm off, man. Make a three, make a layup, make a mid range. I'm like, yo, I'm hot, feeling it. And I I don't know why there's so many basketball analogies with the Kansas City Chiefs because just those are the plays. Like even that 50-50 ball to Daryl Williams, right? The fact that they start getting those type of plays, you start thinking, oh, man. Like, this is what you've been talking about, Max. Like, and the more Patrick Mahomes believes that, 
the more he starts becoming more daring. So you have a chance to see two of the most explosive type offenses in the NFL compete on a high school. The, yeah. the yeah. O-line, o- yeah. the, the most impressive thing to me about the win over the Raiders is the O-line and the defense looked better. I actually did not think Mahomes it, – it's crazy because he threw for 400 yards and five TDs. And you think he had I've a seen, subpar game? I've seen Mahomes way better than that, like way better than that. But, but you know, good, he's though, that man. good. Yeah, 400 yards, yeah, five TDs, good. you take that all day. Who's gonna, damn good. Who's going to have the bigger game, Mahomes or Dak Prescott? I'd probably say Dak Prescott. Will have the bigger game. Cleaner game. Mm-hmm. Cleaner game. Why? You know, just because he's not going to take all the chances that Mahomes going to take. Mm. He's not going to be reckless with the football. You know, he's going to protect the football where Mahomes will tend to be a little what we deem as reckless with the ball, even though it will pay off. So the Cowboys are vying. But they're still going to lose, in my opinion. The Cowboys are vying for the number one seed. That's the bye. The Chiefs are trying to win the division. But the Chiefs might be able to still get the – I haven't looked at all the numbers in the AFC – but they may still get the number yeah, one possible. bye. Huh? Why, not? Why not? Yeah. Because what do they have? Four losses? Mm, do the Chiefs have four? E- no. Or, hold on. Three or four? They got three or four. They, yeah, I think they were. They were four and four, right? So they're. You say whatever. Yeah, six and four. They still might get the first That's seed. That's going to be tough, though. How? Because so, they got they. Go ahead, Jay. I was going to say they're yeah they're six and four three and two at home. Spread is. Tennessee, Kansas City favored by Tennessee two and is a two half. two nice. games in front of them. They beat them head to head. Kansas City, they two and a half games. Two and a half. Yeah. That's the spread on the game favoring KC. Oh no no no! I'm but they're at home, so the yes. odds makers are really saying the Cowboys are slightly better. But since they're because that's at three home, points, yeah. So so two and a half indicates to me on a neutral field maybe the Cowboys are a little bit better. Problem but at is home. Max, they're not on a neutral field, man. Yeah, that's they're why they're two and a half. It's a field goal. Favorites. Yeah, two and a half is a field goal, and I expect for them to win. But they're two games back of Tennessee and head to head, so they could Tennessee could start to crumble. They can they now that I'm thinking about it, you know these suckers can really get the number one seed. That's yes, that'd be hilarious. Can I just say something real quick for the Dallas Cowboys? Because we made the mention of we had a conversation yesterday about how important it was for them to get the number one overall seed in NFC. And Key brought up the point about Green Bay playing playing that frigid what. Starting to get cold out in Kansas City. Yeah. So will this be the first game that we're seeing Dallas in that kind of temperature play against a team like this? It's going it's it's to be, be, it's it's interesting be interesting. Scenario. But here, here's the question: Who needs it more? Who needs the win more? The Cowboys with a better record, but a more realistic chance to get the number one seed, or the Chiefs who are still competing for their? The Cowboys aren't in competition for the division. Chiefs are. Chiefs, key you believe still have a shot to get the number one seed, but the Cowboys' shot looks better to me. Who needs the game more? Chiefs at home at six and four, or Cowboys with a realistic shot at that number one? Uh, who needs a game more? Yeah, Kansas City needs a game right. more. Mm-hmm. They're at home. They're, yeah, they're going at six home. and five. You don't want to. You don't want to drop it. All of a sudden, you you lose that game. What are you six and five? It just you don't want to do that to yourself. You can start to separate yourself even more away from the rest of the AFC West if you get this game. The Cowboys could afford to lose. Let's say the Cowboys do, they don't get the number one seed. They're only, there's only one place they're going that would be a bad environment for the Cowboys. At Packers. Everywhere else, Tampa's warm. 
uh, indoor stadiums, their own state. It's They'll like have fans there. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. the only place is the freezing cold in Green Bay. You want to try to stay away from that but, as much as you can. But damn, you might. I mean, I, is there a way around? Like, there's mm. a good chance you're going to have to go. And I know people go. think Green Bay, uh, Tampa Bay, went in there and won last year. Yeah, okay, well that was last year. And that also required the coach not letting Rodgers go for it on fourth down, or maybe it's a different You outcome. don't want to be standing on that sideline when the sun starts to drop at 6 o'clock. So then that's the conversation. So who needs the number one seed most of anybody? It's probably not, not saying they need it, but would they like to have it? Well, Green if Bay. you Kansas City. Everybody want, come here. If you want to come Kansas, here and play in these conditions. Well, it's the same thing with Kansas City. Yeah. Kansas City yeah. get the number one seed. It's cold, man. Arrowhead, too, is that crowd, the whole thing. The whole thing, man. The stadium get the shaking. It's cold. You sitting over there. You don't want that. I ne- but I've, never I've never been counted- to a game there, man. Jay, I'm dying I- to go to a game there. I never counted the Chiefs out this year. That's all I'm going to say. But this Cowboys game is interesting. The difference may be not just that they're at home, but what we said, they need it more. Mm-hmm. T- tough game, the team that needs it more at home. What drives the greatest quarterback of all time? Apparently me. You see all the stuff he went at me with after he won the Super Bowl? (laughs) (laughs) That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Your smart speaker is download the podcast. By the way, I won't. I actually, I'm not going to be doing this just in today because I got to travel to Vegas for the Porter Crawford fight. I'll be there the rest of the Ooh. week doing max unboxings and Ooh. stuff. Yeah, Crawford what you got there? What you got? Oh, it's going to be a. Oh my God, is this going to uh, be a great fight? That's a real, this is a real fight. Oh, this is a real fight. Crawford might be the best pound for pound fighter in the world, and Porter is no joke. All right, Tom Brady shares a firsthand account of his. 10 Super Bowl appearances in the new ESPN Plus series, Man in the Arena. That's uh, Teddy Roosevelt, former American president. Speech at the Sarbonne has received especially a lot of uh, fanfare recently. Athletes like LeBron James like to quote it. It's kind of like um, If, the Rudyard Kipling poem that athletes are discovering. Oh, this is really good. Anyway, Tom Brady, uh, Man in the Arena, Tom Brady, directed by... 
uh, Religion of Sports' Gotham Chopra. The series features Brady and other notable figures deconstructing the milestones of his legendary NFL career, mining the psychological and emotional terrain of each victory and defeat. And you can listen to the Man in the Arena podcast, a 10-part series exploring how sports has an impact on our everyday lives through the lens of Tom Brady's career, wherever you get your podcasts. We are joined now by director Gotham Chopra right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, man. Good morning. So what, what can people expect from the man in the arena today on ESPN Plus? Well, I mean, there's a video. So the video series, you know, which is available on ESPN Plus, and then there's a companion podcast series. Um, but the video series is, look, it's Tom. It's looking back at this incredible career and more than just like, you know, chronicling. I mean, the stories we know, we know the 199th pick. We know, you know, Drew Bledsoe getting hit by Mo Lewis. I think most football fans know that. But, you know, it is man in the arena. It's Tom's point of view. It's not the dynasty. It's not Seth Wickersham's recent, you know, amazing book, which I used for research. Um, it's not the definitive history of the Patriots dynasty. It's really Tom's journey across 20 years, which, as we all know, is, is still ongoing. I mean, when we started this thing, it was a nine-part series. And then, you know, as last year unfolded in front of all of our eyes, ESPN exercised their option for that 10th episode. Um, so it's, it's interesting because on the one hand, it's, it's definitely a reflection piece. On the other hand, it's happening in real time. It's still going. And you can feel that in Tom when he's talking about, you know, this, this crazy journey. When you sat down with Tom and you started having the conversations about putting the project together, what was Tom's goal? Like, what did he want to see come about? You know, I've gotten close to Tom over the last few years. A couple of years ago, I did uh, this other series called Tom versus Time. And, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan. Frankly, I grew up in Boston and I was a Drew Bledsoe guy before I was a Tom Brady guy. And so I'm always just as a storyteller trying to sort of unpack and understand. And so this series is sort of an extension of like the natural types of conversations. Tom and I are pretty much the same age. So as much as there's like a football story, there's also the story about a man. And it's no secret that Tom's been going through a lot of transition the last couple of years. And I think as he started to think about, you know, do I still want to play? You know, what's, what motivates a guy at that stage? There was like this real time unpacking of like, okay, what have I learned? And what are the things I love about this game? And, and why I still want to play? So you could feel that in him as he looked back. And what's interesting is like, you can almost see it that he's taking pieces from these earlier teams, not so much like the playbook, as much as like, you know, the culture that was built in New England and how that sustained success happened for so long. And he's sort of trying to apply it because obviously with great talent, with the perfect storm, you can win, but can you win consistently across time? Um, you know, I think Tom's an ambitious guy and, you know, he wants to win every single year. So you can feel him, see him sort of trying to apply those, those things he's learned um, to, to what he's doing right now. Gotham, Jay Williams here, big fan of your work, seeing what you've done with the Love Guru and also Bulletproof Monk. And I was curious, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, your time that you spent with Tom and time versus time, Tom versus Tom, excuse me. Um, Too many how, how, yeah, a lot of T's. Tom versus time. I got yeah. it, finally. How was this different 
compared to that? Well, Tom versus Time obviously is very focused on a singular season. It was in the moment. It was, you know, he Tom was turning 40 years old. That was a thing at the time. And, um, you know, we were, he was coming off this incredible, you know, the greatest comeback in the history of sports with the, the Falcon Super Bowl. And, so, and, and there was just like a lot going on in his life. But we were very focused in that moment. This obviously is a huge reflection piece. I mean, we're starting in 2001. Like it feels like a million years ago. I mean, he's he's a different person. It's a different world, you know. When you kind of look back at that time, um, so I'd say that's the main difference. But it's also like you know, Tom just talks about. I mean, God, you look at like some of his teammates back. Then I think in that first episode, it's Willie McGinnis and Drew Bledsoe. And then the second episode, it's, you know, Rodney Harrison, Lawyer Malloy. And it's just to, to this, you know, current, like you just look at just the incredible amount of players that he's played with. He just has this really interesting perspective um, that's unlike almost anything in sports. It's hard. You know, I, I would imagine like LeBron is the only current player that could have that similar sort of perspective. Um, in that he's still doing it, even and he's been doing it for so long. Tom's all of a sudden has you know caught my attention, my eyes on his personality shift since leaving the New England Patriots and going down to Tampa. How has the perception changed in your view about just who he is now? Yeah, I mean, the perception has probably changed, but the guy hasn't really changed. I mean, he just, I think New England was a culture that, you know, not, I guess, I don't know if I want to say suppressed that type of, at least the expression of it. But, I mean, personalities have always been there. You know this, Keyshawn, like, they were always there. It was just a culture that didn't really, like, celebrate them or allow them to get out. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's always kind of been this way. I mean, Tom's, you know, got a sense of humor. Tom's hugely competitive, but, and it's partly the culture's changed. I mean, one of the things as you go back to 2001, 2002, et cetera, there was no social media. Like, you know, there was like, none of that existed. And so it was a very different, I mean, you can talk about this as a very different locker room culture. Guys, you know, Tom at that time, you know, he was the same age roughly as all of his teammates. They were at the same life stage. So they hung out all the time. I mean, there was no like, okay, cool, practice is over. Everyone's on Instagram and out the door and everyone has a production company and doing their own thing. This is a different time. So, I mean, Tom's like everyone else. He's adapted with the times. And obviously the culture down in Tampa is radically different. And I think, you know, if he was at a different stage of his career, I don't know if he'd have handled it so well. But now, you know, he's still at the end of the day. I'm going to joke with Tom. Like, he's a dad. I mean, and Tom and I have kids the same age. And that's, it's just a very different person, but a very different culture right now. So I, a, I figure it's human nature, right? The greatest coach ever, the greatest quarterback ever. They 20 years together, unheard of things in an NFL league of parity, all the championship appearances, let alone the wins. And then they're not together all of a sudden. So we're all looking like who does what. Have you ever heard the time you spent around Tom, him talk about Belichick, good and bad? And what has he said? Yeah, I mean, he talks a lot about it. And I've been with him a lot the last um, few years, like as the sort of transition has taken place. Um, talking about two alpha 
personalities. You know, you're talking about two hugely competitive. One thing I will say about Tom, and he acknowledges this, but, and I've learned over time, let Tom speak for himself, and which is kind of what the series is about. But that being said, Tom will say, like, you don't have this type of success across this amount of time without these pillars. And, and we're leaving out, you know, RKK and Robert Kraft and like these three, you don't have nine Super Bowls across, you know, 20 seasons without that type of stability. And sure, are there challenges across the time? I mean, you're talking about people who change, their lives change, their relationships change, et cetera. So it gets tense and, you know, that's been well chronicled, et cetera. But I think at the end of the day, and certainly having some distance, having some space and perspective, I think there's more love and appreciation than any other emotion. I'm, I'm, I genuinely feel that. And Tom talks about that. He talks about that in the series. Um, you know, you don't have this type of success across. You can have, and we saw it last year with Tom. You can, he's a talented guy. You surround him with talented people. You're in the middle of a perfect story. You can win a Super Bowl, but can you win? six you know like i mean who knows like tom i I think we're closer to the end than we are to the beginning with tom brady so i'm not sure we'll ever see but and then you look in new england like bill's doing it i mean he seems to be having good season with this young quarterback but can you do it across that span of time without you know just like the pillars i don't know i I doubt it it was unlikely to ever happen and it will probably never happen again thank you gotham chopra Appreciate you jumping on with us on the Goodyear Hotline. Man in the Arena, ESPN Plus, check it out. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance, a battle of MVPs. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride-or-die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. New ESPN NBA NBA analyst J.J. Redick is with us right now in studio giving the straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Good morning, J.J. Good morning. Well, it's always been great to be here. Yeah, great to be here. Great to be here. What do you? I just, uh, I just want to bet against Keyshawn. It feels pretty good. First Mm. day. Yeah. Man, you was gonna make that. That's cheap. (laughs) I told him he could make a shot into the trash basket on his first try. 
And they went all at the bottom of the trash basket. So yeah. Jay's my shooting coach on that trash basket. Yeah, it's just working out. No wonder you keep yeah. missing. You a lot better. No, no, no. My my percentage is way. I'm, I'm, I'm hovering around fifty percent now. What are you talking about? Yeah, Jay. yeah. <laughs> he kind of had the follow through where his hand just went the opposite direction. Yeah, for some mm-hmm. reason. Where it was supposed to go? Yeah, yeah. it was interesting. Uh, JJ, what what are your early impressions of the season, the NBA season so far? I think the league is as balanced as it's ever been, and I know the Warriors are playing unbelievable basketball right now. They, they're reminiscent right now, even without Klay Thompson, of the 2015-2016 teams. A lot of ball movement. They're first in assist percentage, first in, in passes, uh, least amount of dribbles per touch. They're playing like those 2015-2016 uh, teams. And Draymond, of course, you know, anchors that defense. They're as dominant as ever. But across the league, there's a lot of good teams. There's a lot of good teams. And there's going to be a lot of parity this year, given uh, some health issues with a bunch of teams. You know, we, we talk a, a lot about Steph on the show, and also you talk a lot about Kevin Durant. But what do you think about the efficiency in which he's playing? I mean, I saw a game the other day at 12 shots, scored 30 points. Um, it's just, you know, leading the league in scoring, but close to a 50-40-90. It, it, he's amazing. There's really never been a player like him. Uh, a seven-footer. He is seven feet. Mm-hmm. A seven-footer that plays like a guard, his skill set with his handle, his passing, his shooting off the bounce, his shooting off the catch, his finishes. Um, Offensively, he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest offensive player, complete skill set in league history. And he does it efficiently every year. Um, You know, you can make an argument, of course, for the best shooters ever. Steph, Clay, Kyle Korver, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller. Kevin Durant's up there with the greatest shooters ever. Mm -hmm. He also, his passing... Like, he became, I thought, in Golden State, a a kind of passer that can help your team that way, too. And he can see over guys, and he's a very willing passer for a guy who can score like him. He just wants to hoop. Yeah, He just wants to hoop. He is a hooper, and he wants to win. And he's always been willing to get better and improve. I think playing in that system in Golden State where the ball moves a lot, it was a little bit different than how he played in OKC. (laughs) Um, But he just, look, he just gets better every year. And... I've said this a, a, a hundred times already. What he's doing post Achilles injury? It's nuts. It's nuts. It's not, nuts. Not supposed to. It's be not like, like he's twenty five years old. He's in his thirties. It's nuts. And even though the defense maybe is not like he he got to be an excellent defensive player too before the injury, but he's been willing to take the tough defensive assignment like on a nightly basis. It's remarkable. Let's no do doubt. this, JJ. Though, because Jay will, you know, Jay will's clamoring at wanting to talk about the MVP race. So mm. is it KD mm. or is it Steph right now? If it ended today, which they like to do a lot. It's got to be Steph right now. Mm-hmm. For the simple fact that the Warriors have been the best team in basketball. All right? Let's, let's be very clear with that. They've been the best team in basketball so far. I also think Steph should just get the MVP as of right now for what he did to the Bulls the other night. And that shot. Like, hang that in the Louvre. Mm-hmm. That is that is an iconic Steph moment, and we'll have a season full of iconic Steph moments, a season full of Katie moments. But as of right now, Steph is the MVP. Are you worried about the Lakers, man? Come on, man. Well, well I'm, I'm I'm just being serious. Like, look, I have, I think they have all the talent in the world, and obviously a lot's going to be depend upon Frank Vogel to make it work out. But there are a lot of moments where I, I wonder how Russ is going to play with LeBron, and they have defensive lapses. Key, are you worried about the Lakers? Uh, you know what. <laughs> That's to be honest question. with you, yeah, JJ, I'm not, I'm not overly, I'm not, I'm, I'm not worried because it's still early. When we start to get into the, the second half, 
of the season mm. and it starts, and if it looks like this and LeBron is back and it looks like this, now I'm going to worry about it. If they don't become the one seed and all of a sudden they're the fourth seed, I'm going to take that. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that because, again, as you know, being a guy who played in the NBA a very long time, it's all about getting in the tournament. Yep. And once you get in the tournament you're healthy, that team is going to be something special. Well, look, LeBron's played in 40% of their games so far. And if LeBron plays in 40% of the games this season, they're not going to be very good. That's just a fact. He's the best player on that team. If you look at the net rating of Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, these guys are getting outscored by six or seven points per 100 possessions, both of them. So those guys have to be better. I said this at the beginning of the season. I've said it already uh, last week. The fit is clunky on that team. They need more shooting. They need a little bit more uh, playmaking besides Westbrook. Hopefully Kendrick Nunn can help there. Uh, But I'm definitely concerned. And it's not so much the age and all that. To me, it's the fit and the health of LeBron. Although Westbrook, every year, new team, new teammates. First half, we're like, oh, he's no good. Second half, we're like, oh, pardon. He's well, kind of an MVP. Yeah, I've, I've Let's just wait on the takes yeah, with the yeah, Russell yeah, Westbrook. Second half. Let's just wait on that. I, but, but I haven't, and look, a lot of things until you see it, you talk about it. I just haven't seen him do that without the ball being primarily You're, you're not wrong. That's I, all. JJ, I need to know about the Sixers. It, uh, ben Simmons, who... You know, doesn't want to play there and everything else. I always felt like the Philly fans kind of took it easy on him for a guy who refused to shoot. Embiid, mm. they seem to do a lot of stuff like J.J. Reddick's not there all of a sudden and and uh, Jimmy Butler's not there. Those are Embiid's guys. It seems like they were doing a lot for Simmons. And what's your take on the whole situation there right now? I would say Ben would argue that the Sixers fans have not been easy on him. I would think he would take the opposite argument there. Um, I, when I look at the Sixers... At some point, there's going to be some resolution to this Ben Simmons thing. And look, I know Daryl Morey said it could take four years. I don't think it's going to take four years. So let's say they get a player back or let's say he joins the team. What we've seen this year, and this is why I think they're a championship contender with or without Ben, uh, the emergence of Tyrese Maxey as a legitimate starting point guard in this league. He's shooting 51% from three over his last 10 games. Mm -hmm. Seth Curry has been great. Tobias Harris gets a little bit better every year. A little bit better. He could definitely be an all-star this year. And their bench has been fantastic. Furkan Korkmaz, Shake Milton, George Niang, who was probably one of the most underrated free agent pickups in the league this year. Yeah, I would say they, Ben could argue they haven't been easy on him recently. But for Philly, by Philly standards, boy, they took it easy on him for a minute. That is J.J. Redick, uh, now an ESPN Germ spreader. Analyst. Not germ spreader. He's coming (laughs) you with analytics and the credibility. What are you talking about? Key is on first take on ESPN in a matter of moments. There's Molly getting all set up. JJ's going to school me on some hoops. Where's your suit? Stay right here for Greeny. That's coming up. KJM will be back tomorrow. Have a great rest of your uh, Tuesday, everybody. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.